Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors, has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. Just finished Eagles Giants. Somehow made it through. It was crappy. Then it was kind of entertaining. Then it was crappy again. And then it was really entertaining at the end. Uh, we'll obviously dive into this game right off the top. Some thoughts on Wentz. I might have to, you know, take an L on Joe Judge. Uh, I crushed him for making coaches run, but I, I've been impressed with this football team the last four or five games, really ever since that week two game against the Niners. They, uh, I, I got to tip my hat to them. Uh, th- then we're going to dive into a lot of stuff. Tua, his name starter, have some thoughts there in regards to Fitzpatrick. The Ravens made a big trade. Uh, why it was just a clinic on value. Some thoughts on Justin, uh, not ju- yeah, Justin Fields, almost said Justin Herbert. Justin Fields. And the kind of the season he's embarking on, you know, I think it's pretty clear Trevor Lawrence is the top quarterback in the draft. But Justin Fields uh, was the guy that led the charge for Ohio State in the Big Ten, you know, as a player to come back. Uh, I, I think he can really cement himself in this uh, this upcoming next, you know, seven or eight games you play in the Big Ten, probably the playoffs, and he's on a stacked team. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch him starting Saturday. Three for the money. As always, pick three games that I like. And, you know, I actually really like three of these games. Uh, what else do we have going on? Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, of course. Slide up into those DMs, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram. I, I've been saying <clears throat> I don't think it's going to happen this week, maybe the next couple weeks. Maybe my timeline was off. I'm a little in the dark on this. Getting up, trying to make excuses, but still subscribe to the podcast, three and out. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, wherever you, the three and out with John Middlecoff. If you listen through Collins feed, greatly appreciate that. I think I should still be on Collins feed for a little while, uh, but it could happen at any moment. So just, you know, keep your head on a swivel. Like what would Belichick, just be ready. You just never know. Uh, but that's that's the only update I have right now. Let's, let's just start with the Eagles and Carson Wentz. I, I think sometimes you just need to trust your eyes. And everything now is so analytically driven. Uh, I, I would say just the way we operate in society. Numbers are so prevalent. I don't know any human that works in any sort of business that if you go to their office, uh, they don't have the Excel spreadsheet open. Uh, and, and rightfully so. But I think in, in football and in basketball, definitely in baseball, numbers are a huge part of the way we evaluate players. 
they've always been a huge part in the way we evaluate businesses, the way we evaluate employees, right? Are you making money? Are you losing money? In football, it's always been a huge part. The statistical, you know, if you throw touchdowns, throw picks, throw yards, whatever. We've divin, we, we've, uh, divin, I don't think that's a word. We've dove much deeper into the numbers, right? Just because you throw for 400 yards, if 200 of those came after the catch, like, we understand that now. We've become more educated with numbers, and I'm pro-numbers. But I, I think sometimes when you just look at a box score, it can be disingenuous is the wrong word, but it cannot paint the whole picture. And listen, I, you could probably call me a Carson Wentz defender, but I'll be the first to say he has made some very, very shitty plays this year. Like, just some head-scratching, you can't make that if you're a max quarterback. He made it tonight! On Thursday Night Football, a hero ball play. And sometimes he takes on this hero syndrome. But I was thinking about this watching the game. Pro sports, and maybe like Hollywood and music probably too, is probably one of the only industries where an entire company can be based on a guy in their 20s. Most companies, right, are run and dependent on CEOs or whoever. People just think about like a normal restaurant Typically, the guys are in like their 40s or their 50s. Pro sports put give all this money, depend on these guys that are in their mid-20s. That is a lot of pressure. And I think some guys, sometimes, especially at the quarterback position, when you have injuries, can try to do too much. Now, that doesn't mean you also do dumb things while you're trying to do too much, because he does. He makes some hero ball plays. And he has, I don't even know, I think he had seven touch interceptions coming in today. He threw one, so he's got a lot of picks this year. He's on pace for, you know, like 20 interceptions this year. It's not pretty. And it's got to stop. But if you can't watch the end of that game, and I think we all acknowledge he's playing with offensive linemen you've never heard beside Kelsey. He's got his best offensive lineman, Lane Johnson, out there. It looks like he's playing 50% coming in and out of the game. They're wide receivers. I follow football for a living. Really, the only profession I've ever done has either been work in football or talk about football that I've been actually paid to do since college. I've never heard of these guys. I mean, I have now the Fulgham guy. I, no one knew who that guy was till three weeks ago when he caught the game-winning pass against the 49ers. Never heard of the guy. Of course not. He went to Old Dominion. Even Greg Ward Jr., who we knew as the quarterback, we didn't know about that guy till last year when they you know, took him off the practice squad. They're playing with the Rodgers tight end, the dude that went to Green Bay. I think he's a Cal. Uh, he, he played for the Packers, but he he went to Cal. That's who they're playing with. Why? Because Urch is hurt, Goddard's hurt, Miles Sanders, or second round starting running back, is not there. Like they're playing with a bunch of randoms. And at, when the dust settled, he threw for 360 yards and threw the game winning touchdown. Now, it's against the Giants, who are not good. And the Eagles, to win a game, they are typically going to have to win it at the end of the game. And it's not going to be pretty. But I think coming into the game, he was missing nine of his 11 starters to start the year. And Deshaun came back tonight, and then it looked like he like shattered his knee in the punt return. And I like Doug, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson. He, I, some of his play calling sometimes like had me scratching my head through a fade. Now, I don't know if it's Carson checking at the line. Y- you never know. So I, I uh, do I give the people that I know a little bit of benefit out? Sure. So I'm not going to like... Did Carson check it? Did Doug call it? If Doug called Hakeem Butler fade uh, in the middle of the fourth quarter, like I, I can't defend that. If Carson's calling that fade, I, pr- I can't defend that either. Like That's idiotic. You, you can't run that play. Their, their two-point plays right now are a disaster. But Carson, and I tweeted this right before I came into the office to press record, we can shit on the kid all we want. I don't, but I'm just saying like Twitter and analysts and people that just say he sucks. The overwhelming majority of the NFL. Let me repeat that. The overwhelming majority of the NFL would take him. I think every team in his division. Dak's broken ankle, but I, Carson or Dak, we saw last year. Carson outplayed him in the game they had to have. The Giants, yep. Washington, yep. Chicago Bears, yep. Minnesota Vikings, yep. Atlanta Falcons, yep. Car- Carolina Panthers, yep. Sean Payton, you think he'd kick Drew Brees to the curb right now for Carson Wentz? Of course he would. Bruce Arians, he'd probably actually like him, but, I mean, Tom Brady's playing fine. Cardinals, no. Rams, yep. Niners, hell yes. 
Like a lot of teams would take this guy. I, I just listed the NFC. More than half the teams in the NFC wouldn't even flinch. Some of these guys I'm taking that, that he'd replace are $25, $30 million quarterbacks. So, listen, is the guy struggling? Has he made some boneheaded plays? Of course. Is he a freak talent and a guy that, if you can't see, if this guy gets it together and they just can stay healthy, and people hit me up all the time like, who's to blame? Well, listen, I'm not a doctor. I just went to a state school. And uh, I didn't go to that many classes. But I, I don't know that much about, like, when I have an, something weird happen to me, I immediately call my doctor. I, I know nothing about injuries, medicine, beside the ones I've had. I do believe, because I saw it with the Niners, who last year and the last couple years have had very similar to the Eagles. Both teams fired doctors, trainers, strength staff, did total overhauls. Both teams are still in shambles this year. I do think there's a randomness to it. Like, do I think, like, the trainers are causing more high ankle sprains? I don't. Again, not a doctor. Just Cal Poly and a little graduate degree at Fresno State. So, you know, I, you know, I don't think anyone get me uh, mixed up for a Harvard medical student. But just having been around the sport and just seeing guys go down and practice and seeing the consistency of a team like the Eagles that I know invests a ton of money into trainers, doctors, recovery, all everything rego- regarding health, I do think it's random. And I know that's like, oh, you're just covering up. No, I mean, I just, I'm just telling you, I, I don't think there's any correlation with them screwing this up because it happened all over the league. Now, does it happen more to them? Yes. Uh, does it probably drive them crazy? Of course. But I, I do think there's some randomness to it. And, and the one guy who's kind of be, been healthy in all this, which is kind of weird, is Carson. He played 16 games last year, obviously got the concussion in the playoffs, played all the games this year, and if he got hurt, I mean, they wouldn't win a game. They wouldn't sniff a win. So I just think sometimes when you take a deep breath with a Wentz, look away when he throws the crazy bonehead play, but acknowledge this dude, if they could ever get the right pieces around him just on the field, I think they have some of them on their team, he'd be a star. Or at least have the chance to be a star. Because right now, this he's still having game winners. I get it against the Giants. But let's just pump the brakes a little bit on ones. And to the Giants. I was really hard on Joe Judge during training camp. Because I think sometimes when you do collegiate things in the pros, I, I, I think it's dumb. Now, there are elements to the sport of football that it's, it is a kid's game. So there are parts of like screaming in the locker room and just doing things that will always translate. But when I saw that he made the coaches run, I was like, what are you doing? Now, full disclosure, I met him at the Combine. Through a mutual fan, friend, I went up. And I, I know people that know him, love him. Really impressed by him. I was getting a little stationary bike ride before the game, and Carissa Thompson did the sit-down with him. He is really impressive. There is no disputing that. Joe Judge is an impressive individual. I'll get might give him a pass for the coaches running, because since the Niner game, they played the Rams tough, lost that game 17 to 19, or 17 to 9, but that game was really close going into the fourth quarter. Cowboy game, 37 to 34, right in that game. Last week, Washington won at 20 to 19. And then today, it took a Wentz basically walk off touchdown to beat him. The last four games, this guy's team has played their ass off for Joe Judge. When I watch Joe Judge's team, I think they don't have much talent. I actually kind of like Daniel Jones. I, sometimes I hate him, and then sometimes I'm like, you know what he is? He reminds me of like pre-Harbaugh Alex Smith. You see some talent. You see the athleticism. I mean, I know he tripped tonight. But th- there's a lot to work with there. I think a lot of offensive coaches would love to work with him. You know, I, I think he has some like Jared Goff. He's a way better athlete. Like you don't think he'd work in like Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, what the Packers do, like what the Titans do. If he was in the right situation, I'm not saying he would be like Wentz. He doesn't have the physical, he doesn't have a great arm, but he but he's got some talent. He's pretty accurate when he's in rhythm. Fumbles the ball a lot, but he also gets hit a lot because his offensive line sucks. I'm I'm not out on Daniel Jones, but I'm not out on Joe Judge either. I I, I have been impressed. His roster stinks. Dave Gettleman deserves to be fired yesterday. One of the worst general managers we've ever seen. I mean, just atrocious. But what they're getting out of this team, the, the, the just the urgency that they consistently play with. They've been really physical on defense, and they don't really have that much talent on defense. I mean, they don't have a great pass rusher. 
Their DBs are playing well. Blake Martinez makes a ton of plays. Saquon Barkley's out for the year, and they're actually functionable on offense with Gilman and Devontae Freeman. And, you know, if Evan Ingram could catch Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, like they're not terrible. They're not terrible. Now, the overall, the game was kind of a terrible watch, but I will tip my hat to Joe Judge and just this. I, I thought the team could go in the tank early. They could be like a winless team, and they're only going to win three or four games. But they're going to be one of those four-win teams. They're going to cover a ton of spreads. They're, you're going to have to, you know, especially in that division, they'll, they'll win another divisional game. I mean, they could beat the Cowboys or the Eagles for sure the second time they play them. They could sweep Washington. But I, I give that guy my respect. I, I might have been, been a little harsh because just I've watched a lot of the Giants. I don't know why the last you know month. And uh, they really have not flinched. And they fought hard for the coach. And to me, that's something I watch with a really terrible team. If your team stinks, really the only thing I can judge you on is, do you play really hard? Because you're not going to score that many points. You're not going to win many games. You're not going to make that many sweet plays. It's just, are you battling your ass off? And when I watch the Giants, I fully believe they're they're giving everything humanly possible. The 11 guys that don't have that much talent relative to most of the league are trying as hard as they can. And that's really all I could ask for the first-year coach who inherited this roster built by one of the dumbest GMs we've ever seen. He can only do so much. So I've been impressed with Joe Judge. I really have. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, 
and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, let's get into uh, one of the big stories of the week. And uh, one, one of the cool parts about doing this at the end of the week is, you know, we get some good meaty stuff happens Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, even beside the Monday night and the Thursday night game that we get to react to. And the big news, probably, you know, one of the biggest, I, I would say, announcements so far this, this season, non-corona, like has been that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been benched and Tua Tonga-Veloa, I don't even know if I said that right. I just call it Tua time. Tua is start the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins moving forward. And I want to dive into a couple things. One, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Listen, I, I we all think he's a really smart guy. He went to Harvard, highest Wonderlick score, I think, in the history of the league. Uh, he's, I think, a really high character guy. People like being around him. Not the most talented guy. Really an incredible story about perseverance. Uh, just where effort, brains and kind of just guts overcomes talent. Because he's not the most talented guy. And he's been in the league, what, I mean, almost 15 years. But he made some comments that were, I mean, just wrong. He used an analogy that said, you know, when he was told, and I think he the way he found out, which probably is the way a lot of people find out now in professional sports, is someone told them, I think his kid told him, because... It gets tweeted out, and it goes viral fast, sometimes before the team can tell you, that I think his kid told him. And he said, when he met with the media this week, because they're in a bye week, because the first thing I saw when Tua was named the starter is like, who the hell are they playing? And then I'm like, oh, they're playing the bye. And it's not the New York Jets. They're actually on a bye week. So no game, which kind of sucks. I would like to see Tua play this weekend. But Fitzpatrick claimed, he's like, unlike a lot of jobs, He's like, it's the equivalent of being told you're fired, yet you have to go spend five or six hours with the human you were fired for, that being Tua. And I said, oh, I'd pump the brakes on that analogy because it's just wrong. You are not fired. When, when you're fired, I've been, that's happened to me, actually multiple times, uh, depending on your contract, you stop getting paid. So being fired means you no longer get paid. I'd imagine anyone here that's ever been fired from a job knows the money stops, meaning you have to go get a new job or a new source of income. Ryan Fitzpatrick was not fired. He was demoted. Something that happens all the time in the private sector. How many people listening to this podcast have been either demoted, like your role at your company was diminished, or you've been on the flip side of that. You've taken over for a guy. I'm going to assume we got a lot of smart listeners. You guys come from Colin. This is a lot of guys have been on the Tua side where you're jumping the guy. Welcome to America, buddy. Like, you did not get fired. You were demoted. But let's look at why he was demoted because I watched him very closely two weeks ago when he came out and played the Niners. He was awesome. And I know they've won two games in a row and they're three and three. But he was demoted for a guy. I Googled it today before I was writing down, like, what do I want to talk about in in regards to this topic? How much did Tua's contract, when he was drafted fifth overall, we often say the guy was drafted really high. And the biggest reason that those guys typically get thrust into action sooner than later is because of their draft pick. But not just because of the draft pick, but because of the contract that comes with the draft pick. If you were drafted number five overall in the 2020 NFL Draft, like Tua Tonga-Vailoa, you received a four-year guaranteed $30 million contract. If we went best case in the fifth-year option, that contract's going to look probably like, 
a lot of, I mean, $55 million? Uh, who knows what that fifth year would be all these years out at the quarterback position. I think it's the average of like the top eight or top ten guys at your position. So that fifth-year option would be enormous. But typically, if two was good, they would extend him before. But that's irrelevant. I know for a fact the Miami Dolphins owe Tua $30 million. Ryan Fitzpatrick two years ago signed an $11 million contract for two seasons. So, Ryan, and you've been in this league long enough, just like anyone in any of the businesses you work in, and I've been there, like, for example, in the radio business, even when I worked in the NFL when we'd hire a big exec, they are given more to do. When we bring a guy in that came from another team, that was a former GM, if I worked in radio and we were, you know, the moment the radio station that I worked for got the Raiders, got the Warriors, we started doing a lot for them. Like, part of acquiring Tua and paying him all this money was to not only play him, and you know, if you've been listening to me long enough, you know, I think it's kind of crazy. I would have played him immediately, given that he was healthy, and clearly he was because he dressed every game. But Ryan, you, you did not get fired. You got demoted for a guy that they just drafted fifth overall and are paying $30 million over the next four years. And here's the other kind of elephant in the room. We've already seen the other two quarterbacks in the draft. Now, they didn't have the ability to draft Joe Burrow. So regardless how good Joe Burrow does, I can't hold that over the Miami Dolphins' head because they drafted fifth and Joe Burrow went one. But I do think the other guy in Justin Herbert who are going to be compared moving forward are, damn, this guy's already got four games under his belt. Now, granted, he hasn't won a game, but I think we'd all agree. And listen, I'm not like I'm some Charger fan. Now, I'm a Justin Herbert fan. I'm a Pac-12 guy, but I just... I'm a sucker for big-arm athletic quarterbacks. And I think it's pretty clear the guy's got a chance to be a really, really good player. So I wonder, and I'm not saying this is why they did it, but it has to be like Herbert's making all these plays against big-time teams on Monday Night Football against Tampa Bay. Can we see what our guy has? Because, yes, he had a major hip injury, but he's been our backup quarterback, and he played. He got a couple snaps. I think he completed two balls uh, last week against the Jets. Let's throw him in the action. Yes, Fitz, we know. You have done a uh, commendable job as our starting quarterback. And I think if you go back to the last, I think they won three of their last five games, and they've won three of six this year. So they've won six of their last 11 games with him at quarterback. He has done a really good job. We paid you $11 million because you're a high-level bridge quarterback, and you're an impressive human. And we think you will be good for Tua, whether you start or whether you back up. You're not getting fired. We're not cutting you. We, we wouldn't even, if people called and wanted to trade for you for like, the Cowboys wanted to get you for like a fourth-round pick, we'd say no. We value you here. You will still get paid. But the moment we drafted this guy fifth overall, we all knew, you know, what road this was headed down. It's, I think it's kind of crazy that I'm sitting here recording this on October 22nd and Tua hasn't played a game yet. I'd say that's, regardless of, you beat, yeah, okay, you upset the Niners. Woo-wee! No, you don't get any credit for beating the Jets. You were an eight-point favorite. So it's like, yeah, you killed them. They suck. Time for Tua. And uh, on the flip side, just of Tua in a vacuum, the thing that I keep coming back to, the biggest question mark I have, because I have a hard time closing my eyes and envisioning him make the splash plays like Herbert has made. Now, Herbert has more talent to deal with, so it's going to be a little harder to judge Tua in the immediate, given that their talent's not as great around him. My question is just durability. And sometimes I forget, like I, I try to put myself back in the years of being, even at when I was at Fresno State in recruiting meetings and, and, and personnel meetings to the NFL personnel meetings. It's like, God, it's, I've, I've been in one of those meetings, you know, when I was on the inside. You know, I still talk to all my friends, but it's different when you're in the meetings and, you know, and, and truly talking about the number one thing we talked about all the time, way more in the NFL than in college, because once the guy's on your roster, you're kind of stuck with them. And really, most high school kids, you know, maybe you recruit a guy that's been injured, but for the most part, they're pretty. If you're a Division One, definitely like a borderline Power Five player, you've probably been relatively healthy in high school. Now, there are exceptions for sure, but in my time at Fresno State, most of the guys we recruited played every game in high school. Maybe a tweaked ankle here or there. 
But in, in NFL draft rooms, the number one thing we talked about, besides just the actual player, and I think as a player in a vacuum, two is really good. But can he stay healthy? Is this guy physical, like his physical stature, going to be enough to just last 16 games for the next, let's just say, four or five years? And that would be my number one question. I don't know. Because just in terms of reading defenses, he's better than Herbert. In terms of accuracy, at least coming out of college, way better than Herbert. Just a more natural, accurate thrower. But Herbert's already improved. His deep ball is much better than I remember it being. And part of that might just be he didn't have that much talent around him in Oregon. Which is ironic because Oregon, the majority of my life, has always had really good running backs, really good tight ends, and at least functional wide receivers. That was not the case the last couple years for them. I don't think he played with any guys that, like, top 150 picks on offense, which is crazy for that program. Two on the flip side, I think we all know, right? Judy, Ruggs, studs. Uh, Devontae Smith might be better than both of them. Waddle, could do. I mean, you're talking about four wide receivers that probably, you know, these two guys are going to go in the top 15 too. That's four top 15 wide receivers. I'm not, uh, I mean, I kind of am a draft historian, but... I'm pretty sure, without looking it up or Googling it, that's got to be an NFL record. If that happens, we'll see where these guys get drafted. But I, I think most of us that have watched Waddle and Devontae go, yeah, those guys are probably going in the top 15, <laughs> right? So four guys in the top 15? That's pretty nuts. And to his, this to it, the team he's coming to, I mean, Gusecki's solid tight end. Devontae Parker's actually really kind of resurrected his career. But it ain't Judy, Waddle, Ruggs, and Smith. I'll promise you that much. So I, I, I'm just fascinated to see if he's got to just take the hits and over and over take the hits. And that, that to me, is his, the question mark. Because if he can stay, uh, stay healthy, I think, you know the comp that I always use for Baker Mayfield, that he was Drew Brees? It's pro- I was off. It's probably Tua. You know, because their games are all similar, right? Accurate smaller guys, but as we've seen, maturity with Baker, decision-making with Baker, like, that's never been a question mark with Tua. Saban loves him. The program loves him. Everyone loves the guy. You know why? He's not a screw-around guy. Not a party guy. Uh, Super focused, super hardworking. So it's just going to be, and he's accurate. He doesn't think he's like some great athlete running away. Sometimes he, I guess in college, he had a little hero ball. You would imagine that'll change a little bit after these devastating injuries. But accuracy, like, he's got to have to play in that mold to be really successful. And the key is to, like, throw the ball away and get down when you're going to get hit and avoid the hits because durability right now, him staying healthy, is is got to be the number one thing the Dolphins are just are just worried about big picture. But but ultimately, Fitz has no reason to be shocked. And uh, I think it's just football fans. It's we got to wait a week, but it's exciting to see two a time is actually going down. I say it all the time around the draft. It's my favorite part about the draft is it's really more of an economic exercise than it is just about like picking players. The draft is all about value. And I think player acquisition in general is all about value. And I think about this all the time when, when I'm buying stocks, whenever I'm just looking at something or you just read an article about this guy sold his business for $50 million or this guy's sold his house for $3 million. Well, if the guy bought his house that he sold for $3 million for $800,000, he didn't make the profit in selling it for $3 million. He made the profit the day he bought it for $800,000. You make the profit in what you acquire the asset for. And I, I try to always think about that, whether it's football stuff, whether it's business stuff, regardless what it is. I think that Vegas Dave guy who sold the Mike Trout rookie card, I think he bought it for you know $800,000, $900,000, sold it for $4 million. He made the profit in what he bought it for, which is crazy. I'm not into card selling, but when I saw that he sold a Mike Trout rookie card for $4 million, I was like, holy shit. That's a, that's a market I know nothing about, but that's, that's a pretty crazy return on investment. And the key, I give the Ravens a lot of credit, and I think the best teams in free agency and the draft do this consistently. They're patient. And I would imagine anyone listening, the best business people you know, uh, you know a lot of people that run their own companies, uh, CEOs of companies. What it doesn't have to be big Fortune 500. I'm just talking about successful business people. They, all, I'd say, most of them are really patient. Not that they're not aggressive when it's time to strike, but they're never afraid to like walk away. And, and you always heard that growing up. 
And then, you know, you, your first couple job offers are like, we'll pay you $50,000. Like, I'm in, you know? Uh, you know, I, when you really want, like, your first car, you're like, I'll take it. You know, and then you realize, just take a deep breath. You know, there's, there's more options. And as you age, and I've seen it with myself, like, in my 20s, zero patience. In my 30s, definitely, you know, I'm 36 now, I'm getting a little old. It's just, it's easier to see the bigger picture with stuff. And, and I'm talking little stuff, you know, I mean, my my biggest acquisitions have been like a condo and a car, you know, I've never, you know, traded a first round pick for a player, but I've seen it. And I I've seen how Howie and those guys operate in Philly. And they always did a good job of just not forcing things. And Belichick is a master of this. Now, I, I also believe there are times when you trade a couple first round picks to get Khalil Mack. You know, I I thought what John Schneider did trading those picks for Jamal Adams was really bold, but I also understand it. Like, they're in the mold of trying to win a Super Bowl in these next couple years with the peak of Russell Wilson. But the Ravens, who are kind of in this weird spot, like their team was stacked, they got Lamar on a rookie contract, they knew coming into the season they were going to be a double-digit win team. They're only getting judged now on January how they play in the playoffs, right? That's all. We know they're going to kick ass in the regular season. We'll see. The Steeler games are going to be are going to be tight, but like their team's loaded, but they can make incremental moves. And clearly, they were in on Yannick Ndakwe, the Jaguars' pass rusher, with the Vikings when that trade was going down. And ultimately, the Vikings got him for a second rounder. The Vikings, who I, I understood making the trade, even though it was a disastrous move, I equated it in Twitter of. They paid $1.2 million for a $1 million house. And then the Ravens were able to come when they traded a third-round pick for this guy and buy the house for five hundred grand because they were patient and they waited. Now, some stuff was out of their control. And that's part of, I, I think, any of you guys that are listening know that the part of being patient in business, which makes it possible, is knowing like things that are out of your control. Like You, you never know what's going to happen. A lot of the times, like the best-case scenario goes the worst case scenario, and then that stuff becomes available again. And the Ravens, this guy became available again for a third-round pick. Well, their third-round pick clearly is going to be at the end of the third round, and if they don't resign this guy, he's going to get huge money on the open market, and what does that mean? They would get a compensatory third-round pick. So you could argue the Ravens are basically giving up a fifth-round pick, maybe five, six, seven slots in the, uh, in the third round to the compensatory round, to make this deal. It's really not that much. Where the Vikings, I've heard great things about Rick Spielman. I actually have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a really good GM. This was a disastrous move for him. He gave up a second round pick. It turns out his team sucks. That means that pick is going to be in the top 40. That's a top 40 NFL draft pick. He gave a top 40 NFL draft pick and received pick, let's just hypothetically say 89 back. So instead of having pick 39, he has pick 89 because he doesn't have the player anymore. That's a disaster. And the Ravens benefited because they took a deep breath. They were patient and they just let things that were out of their control take shape, take place. And then they pounced. And it's just a good life lesson. And it's why the Ravens, listen, I, I'm i going to bet against them in the playoffs. And I may be turned out to be wrong, right? I'm just going to strictly bet against. I've seen it two years now. I've seen it against the Chiefs. I'm fascinated to watch them against the Steelers, uh, but I, I'm going to bet against them. It doesn't mean they won't win. I, I, I would be, I, I'd be really surprised. I, I don't think they can win the AFC actually, because unless the Chiefs got knocked out, because if they play the Chiefs, Chiefs are beating them. We'll have to see how they look against the Steelers. But like, I, I actually saw, I pl- saw them play the Titans last year. They got their ass kicked. And the Titans right now are really good, but I, I have never disputed they're a great regular season team, and I mean. There'll be, you know, they're going to have a home playoff game. So let's just even hypothetically say they win a playoff game. You know, that's it's a step forward for them. But they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. And they're trying to get over the hump with the Chiefs. And clearly it's going to be difficult for them the way their offense operates sometimes when they get down to come back. So what's the best way to get after Mahomes? Or even Tannehill? Rush the passer. Rush the passer. And adding this guy is a huge move for them. I have nothing but respect for the way their front office played this. And uh, I, I'm still leery uh, of their playoff success. Again, I, I've never argued that the Ravens aren't a 12-win team. Hell, if they beat split with the Steelers, they might win 14 games like they did last year. Like, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I just think that when you run that kind of 
rinky-dink offense, which, again, it's not rinky-dink in the, in the regular season. It kicks the shit out of people. They run circles around the people in, in, the, in the regular season. It works. In the playoffs, it doesn't. It's just, that's not, that's, at this point in time, with the information we have, that's not arguable. That's a fact. Now, it could be proven wrong. It might work. I'll keep betting against it. But they got better today. I'll give them that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long Long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about a college player. And I think the guy getting all the hype, and rightfully so, is Trevor Lawrence. He's kind of the Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm trying to think of another guy recent in recent memory that was like a no-brainer number one overall pick going into the season. There, there probably hasn't been one, right? Because the year Kyler went, we didn't know about Kyler. The year Baker went, no one saw that coming. Burrow went, no one saw that coming. Uh, it's, it's probably since like luck that it was just, we've been talking about this guy for a couple years. He's going to go number one overall. So Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall, but there's another guy that I think has a chance this season to solidify himself as the number two overall pick and, and full disclosure. 
I didn't watch that much Ohio State last year. I mean, I watched them like they were on TV, but I didn't really watch Justin Fields. I, I didn't watch him like I have Trevor Lawrence over the years, like I have Tua, Herbert, the wide receivers at Bama, like from an NFL perspective. I just, I don't really watch Ohio State like that typically. And I, I don't have a great feel for him right now. I mean, I can go on YouTube and look at his strengths and weaknesses. And I mean, hell, he threw 41 touchdowns last year. He had 10 rushing touchdowns. His stats are awesome. And that, that season is talking to people in the league. Like there are still people want to see him play this year. He has a lot to gain which is crazy for a guy that finished third in the Heisman Trophy that, you know, I think we all consider a top 10 pick. But I think he can have a season in just in terms of his play, progressions, accuracy, just put it in Sharpie. I'm the number two overall pick in this draft. Because the number one thing he's going to have going for him, and I haven't been in these draft rooms and knowing the way these guys think, I felt like, He was the number one leader, beside like the coaches, you know, Scott Frost, Ryan Day, Harbaugh, James Franklin, of just really wanting to come back. I don't think any player, probably pros included, felt like they wanted to play more than Justin Fields. And I respect the hell out of him for that. Just constantly tweeting, constantly doing everything he could with his platform. Now, I'm not saying that that had like some major impact on anything. I'm not saying it didn't either. But I do think he wanted he wanted to play. And one question that gets consistently asked in draft rooms to scouts, because, I, you know, I, I don't know what it's like to get a job at Google or some pharmaceutical company or even like Wall Street. I would imagine this, this question comes up, like, how much do you like selling stocks? Or how much do you like coding? At the end of the day, most 22-year-olds coming out of college you know, even I guess on the high end would be making like a hundred grand. I mean, let's let's be real. Most people are going to make between like fifty and seventy-five grand starting salary out of college. So you're not investing that much in football. Why you do so much scouting of the individual when they're a good player? Because like I said about Tua, they gave him a four-year, thirty million dollar contract. You're going to pay if you draft Justin Fields number two overall, probably thirty-four, thirty-five million dollars. And the number one question I'm going to ask once I value his skill, which I'm actually, you know, I, I think he's going to be good. I'm actually going to just assume he has a huge season. I know that he loves football. He showed me. All he wanted to do was play football. So that, we're not even going to have to check that box. Like, that box already checked. How much does, uh, if my GM, how much does uh, Justin Fields love football? Check out, his, uh, check out his Twitter account during the pandemic. He was all in. So it's just going to come down to his play. And he's on a stacked team, on a team that any Ohio State fan listening, I'm I'm sure would just reading stuff about the program, like this is going to be one of their better teams of the last decade. And clearly they've had some pretty freaking good teams, right? I mean, this is a program since Urban showed up has basically been Bama, right? And Clemson. Like they've been, you just think of the last decade, like the three best programs have been Bama, Ohio State, Clemson. Definitely the last seven, eight years. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Justin Fields could outplay Trevor Lawrence. Maybe he could outplay Bama. And in the playoffs, those games are going to really, really help him. I I don't think, I I would never say never that he couldn't jump Trevor Lawrence because maybe he just becomes an elite player, you know, just on every, just in terms of like reading defenses, comebacks. When I say comebacks, like leads the team back a couple times. You know, throws for a historic amount of touchdowns. Who knows? I, I would never say never. It feels unlikely. But I, I, I definitely think he could really get the Sharpie pen out and write it on the wall on the number two overall pick. And then also leave a little uh, comment on the bottom. Jacksonville Jaguars, don't you dare pick me. Because uh, that, that's what I would say if I was him or his parents. No, we are not going to Jacksonville. But we are going to be the number two overall pick and we're open for business. Let's go. Okay, let's get in three for the money. I was eight and four going into last week. Bears plus one and a half, winner, nine and four. Steelers minus three and a half, winner, ten and four. Eagles plus eight for the Ravens, winner. That's eleven and four. Or is that now? That'd be yeah. It'd be tr- let me do redo my math. I was eight and four, won all three. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a math major. Eleven and four. 
I also gave away a little sleeper pick last week, my fourth one, Niners. We're going to add that on. I'm 12-4. and four. Somehow I'm losing all my bets because I don't even follow my own advice. But here we go. Again, 11-4. and four. Technically, if you count my Niner, little little sprinkle, 12-4. and four. People ask me this all the time, and I, I've been gambling. I'm 36. I've been sneaking into a... In California, we have these things called Indian casinos. It's... For some reason, they, they have the market corner. They're only allowed, uh, you know, to have, they're allowed to have casinos. In California, no one else can. They're not sports books, only cards. So, like, when I was 16, 17, I used to have a fake ID that said I was 18. And sometimes they wouldn't card you, and I'd just go play blackjack. So, I've been gambling, you know, for about 20 years. I, I, I love to gamble. And I've been sports gambling. My first big sports bet was probably, like, my junior, senior year in college. Uh, I actually won a bunch of money. I've told the story before on the the uh, the Eli Manning team that upset the Patriots, and I, me and my roommate put a combined like three grand, which is equivalent now of like three hundred grand. And uh, we took, I think the I think the Giants were like plus twelve and a half or plus thirteen. I'll never forget. I watched. I was house sitting for a friend during uh, Christmas break in Week 17, the Giants played that undefeated Patriot team. And they almost beat him. Randy Moss caught this touchdown down the uh, down the sideline. And I just remember thinking, like, this matches up pretty well. And I convinced my roommate Trent. We both did it. We both won some money. It was sweet. And I've been kind of addicted ever since. Now, I, addicted would be strong because I, I don't gamble. Like, I pick and choose. Like, sometimes I'm in the mood and other times I'm not. Because you could lose, you know. I'm hot right now. But again, I don't even follow my own games. I'm betting on all these other crazy games I'm losing. So, you know, you got to be careful. People ask me, I think sometimes with the gambling lingo is in the mix. And people are like, what does, you know, I think people don't quite understand when you see a team that's like plus seven, right? And they're minus 110. People are going to listen to me like, John, are you really explaining this as remedial? Yeah, because I don't think everyone quite knows. For those of us that have been in the gambling world in the vernacular and, you know, paid some bookies on some uh, some wire transfers over the years. We know. But I do think there are a lot of people new to this, and I, I think it's cool to be inclusive with gambling. I'm in bed with gambling companies. I want more people to gamble, so I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I, there was once a point in time in my life I didn't quite understand. If you get plus anything, if you're plus 10, you start the game up 10 points. And usually you got to bet 110, you get minus 110. Like, you got to bet a VIG. So you got to put $110 to win $100. That's why betting underdogs can be really lucrative. One of my second biggest bets I've ever won is when I went to the Super Bowl uh, in 2016, the Denver Broncos against the Carolina Panthers. I was working in radio at the time. Now, remember, it was in, it was in San Francisco, Radio Row, and the players were all. And I remember seeing a, so many Carolina Panthers. I feel like an insider trader. And just they were screwing around. I remember Josh Norman came into the to the set at Comcast where I was working, and he was just like, I was like, God, I don't think these guys are that focused. Roman Harper, I remember, had the gray hair, and they were all just screwing around. And I never saw any of the Broncos. I'm like, God, they're, they they got to be pretty locked and loaded. And I had seen the Bronco team live for several years because I had been working, doing Raiders pre and post, so I knew how good their defense was. And I thought that Carolina was good too. But I put a lot of money on the Denver Broncos. They, they were a huge underdog in that game. I think it was like four, five and a half, maybe points, maybe four, four and a half, five. And it was almost two to one odds to bet a money line. So when you see a team is like plus 250, that's that basically means you just put 2.5. So if you bet 100, you're going to win $250. So if you put 100 in, you're going to have 350 in the pot when it's all said and done. I like betting underdogs. Because I do think there are good value in talented underdogs. It's why for the the World Series, I, I listen. I'm one of the rare millennials. I watch a decent amount of baseball, and I think the Rays are really good, and their bullpen is incredible. Now the Dodgers are the best team by a mile, just in terms of baseball. But if you have a good pitching in baseball, you have a shot. And the Rays were enormous underdogs going into the series. They were like plus one seventy, meaning if you bet a hundred dollars. You win $170. If you bet $1,000, you know, you'd win $1,700. So I think it's pretty good value. Now, I didn't put any money on it because I was like, especially after the first game, I was like, damn, Mookie. But then you see they bounce right back and win the second game. I'm telling you, the, the Rays are a pretty good underdog play. But this is a football podcast, so let's talk about three for the money. I'm going to start with the Lions against the Falcons. Clearly, when you fire a coach, you always get an inspired effort that next week. 
And the Falcons uh, finally got up to Schneid last week. I think they come back to earth. And, and what's crazy to think about is I think most, if you just ask, like, what about the Detroit Lions? Everyone would be like, oh, they suck. What about the Detroit Lions? Oh, they suck. What's their record? Like one and one and six? They, they got to be really awful. They're actually two and three. Coming off a bye. They beat the Falcons. They're three and three and in the playoff mix. As crazy as it sounds, like they are in the playoff mix. Matt Stafford is good. His offensive weapons are good. Now, is the Lions defense great? No. But I don't think Matt I think Matt Ryan is just man. Eh. Julio's banged up. I just I don't believe in the Falcons at all. I think the Lions are a great underdog play, plus two and a half. I'd also sprinkle a little money line. Bills minus twelve and a half. I heard someone say this week the Jets have yet to cover a game. So not only are they 0-6, they're 0-6 against the spread. That means every one of their lines, plus 10, plus 15, whatever during the week, you know, over those six games, they have not covered a game. Now, I don't know what the NFL record is. I do think there's a chance they don't cover one spread this week. Now, Flacco is back to the bench, and it looks like Sam Darnold's going to play. The Bills are coming off probably their worst loss in a, in a couple years. I mean, they got dismantled by the Chiefs at home. They got tossed around on defense. Clyde ran it down their throat. Josh Allen was off. This is a get-right game. I think the Bills easily score over 30 points. So if you got to win by 13 points, how do the Jets score 17? I'll tell you, they don't. This is my favorite game of the week. Bills minus 12.5. 49ers-Patriots. I just don't think the Patriots are very good. I have nothing but respect for Bill Belichick. I think he's the best coach ever. His roster just stinks. His roster just stinks. They don't have much talent on offense. Who's his most talented offensive weapon? Julian Edelman? I love Julian Edelman. I have nothing but admiration and respect for it. He's a champion. He's not that good anymore. You know, his hands are hit or miss. A little slower. Uh, Nikhil Harry, I might have missed on Nikhil Harry. He might just not be good. Defensively, Belichick does a good job as long as he can, just scheme-wise. They don't really have the horses on defense they've had in the last five or six years. Gilmore's still good. You look at the 49ers team, Jimmy's been shitty. Like, that's you can't dispute that. Jimmy Garoppolo has not been good. They have so much more talent than the Patriots, though. And the Patriots, just to be in a game, have to keep the game in the teens. I would think that the Niners can get to 24, 25 points. Plus, the Niners are underdogs. I don't. Cam Newton has not played well the last couple weeks. Now, in defense, he got Corona, he missed a game. But really, since the game, uh, week two against Seattle, that Sunday night game, check his numbers. He hasn't been very accurate. And in, and I will defend Cam, uh, you know, on this uh, in the sense of his wide receivers aren't that good. Like, it's just the Niners can stop the run. I, I like the 49ers plus two. So I'm going Lions plus two and a half, Bills minus 12 and a half, Niners plus two. I actually put 50 bucks on a little Lions 49ers money line parlay. It paid out almost 4 to 1. So, you know, if you want to get a little bold, and I like to get a little bold, take a little take a couple underdogs. Okay, let's uh let's bang out a couple Middlecoff mailbag questions. It's getting late, so I'm just going to do a couple. I will get to all these questions. I, I know I got about 15 in the hopper over the next 7 days. So, Monday's or Tuesday's podcast, <clears throat> next Friday's podcast, I answer a lot manually. If you've left questions, I will get to them. I promise. Also, if you have questions, at John Middlecoff, Instagram, DM me, and I'll answer it here. Would you even touch tonight's game? I'd like to see the Eagles win, but with all the injuries on the money line for the Giants, yeah, I'd take the Eagles. See? Nailed that one. Uh, No, I I, I did not bet the game. I would not have bet the game just based on... Yeah, I would not have bet the game. So... If you would have taken the Giants, you would have been feeling pretty good that last drive. What do you make of the logjam at quarterback that we are experiencing currently? Sure, the old guys will fade out and create openings, but I feel like there are more coming in than leaving. Feel to me like Darnold's and the Bakers of the world could be backups. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. Uh, you know, you look at this quarterback class, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a starting quarterback, Justin Fields is going to be a starting quarterback, this, the kid at BYU is making plays. Keep an eye on the, uh, the, the I mean, not we can't even watch them, but the North Dakota State, Trey Lance, going to be a first-rounder. Obviously, all the guys have been first-rounders. Justin Herbert, Tua, Burrow. We, we, yeah, it's just, it's never been easier to play quarterback, 
right? All the seven-on-seven leagues, the rules, you can't hit the quarterback. So I, I just think the influx, think how many wide receivers we've seen the last five years come in that you're like, damn, that dude's sweet. Damn, that guy's sweet. And then you turn on Alabama, you're like, well, they got two dudes. You turn on Clemson, you're like, they got a dude. You turn on Ohio State, you're like, they got a dude. I mean, they're just dudes everywhere. Quarterbacks, wide receivers. If you're in the league right now, you better bust your ass because there are dudes coming for your spot. You tell it like it is, like the podcast, appreciate it. What's your favorite moment in sports that really put your attention on that sport? I think for me it was when Matt Stafford got his shoulder broken against the Browns and still tossed the game-winning touchdown. Wow, that's a good question. Uh, I, I don't know if I have one of those. I remember just watching NFL films and Emmett Smith telling the story. It was either like 92 or 93 when he played in the NFC Championship game or a playoff. It might have been a playoff, just like uh, the divisional round with a separated shoulder. And it was like, damn. So it'd be something like that, some injury guys playing through it. I remember being young and Jerry Rice, Bryant Young, I remember got his leg snapped. Remember Bryant Young on Monday Night Football? Probably in like 97 or 98, legs snapped in half. They put a rod and he came back and he was still good like a year later. I was a big Niner guy growing up. I just remember like, damn, that guy's career's over. And then it's like, nope. I remember breaking a toe and going into my doctor who was longtime Raiders doctor. And I was like, I was doing like radio at the time. And I'm like, Doc, if I, if I was the right tackle, could, could I go this week? And he, he looked at me. He's like, of course. Guys play with that all the time. And I could barely walk. So I, I, I got nothing but respect for the, uh, for the pain that these guys endure to play the sport. Broken shoulders, broken elbows, broken fingers, knees, hips, feet. I mean, shit. I mean, I get, I get sore playing golf. Uh, that's why we love football. That's why I think we have the ultimate respect for the game. I, you know, I think football, baseball was America's pastime. I think football now represents everything that we see in America. Meritocracy. Uh, you get replaced if you don't get the job done. Uh, it's got a physical and an intellectual element. It encompasses everything. Mental toughness, physical toughness, gambling. We like to gamble. Uh, we like to just enjoy ourselves. We like to watch physical violence. I mean, we always have. Uh, but we also like the tactician element uh, from the coaches. It's just the ultimate. There's a reason. It's running circles around every other sport. It's got the most drama. Uh, it's the best. Okay, last question. With the comeback that we've seen from Cam so far, and he has reminded everyone how good he can be, well, you know, pump the brakes a little bit there, are there any other teams that would be interested in signing for the next season? I'm thinking the Browns, possibly the Giants and Jets would be great places for him until they get a franchise quarterback. I think we just, my take on Cam, and I was really impressed early, and it's hard for me to judge him when he got coronavirus. And I'll even give him a pass last week. He didn't even practice. I, I do think just we just got to keep an eye on him for the next couple months. Like, is he throwing every game 150 yards? I, I think everyone, including myself, like, oh, he's going to get, you know, $80 million. Like, are we sure? Like, the last question asked. Like, we've never seen more quarterbacks come in the league. Why wouldn't you draft a guy? I, I say it all the time about Kyle Shanahan. If you don't like Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't need to go get Kirk Cousins or Matt, Matt Ryan. We don't need their $30 million contracts. If I'm John Lynch or I'm the Niners. Go draft a guy in the second round. Go find your Russell Wilson. Go find your Dak Prescott. We talk about value all the time on the show because there's that's the best value. If I find a second or third round quarterback, he's making nine hundred grand, and I got him on a contract. I don't want to get one of these older guys, even Cam. Like, are we sure? I just I need to watch him. I need more evidence, and it's, it might be hard with him throwing to Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry. But throwing for 150 yards a game doesn't make me feel that great. Why, why can't I just find Mac Jones from Alabama in the third round? Can't he do that for $750,000 instead of paying someone $25 million? I mean, it's, especially the salary cap's going to go down. Value, 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 value. What changed Seattle forever? They got Russell Wilson in the third round. The Cowboys, I know they didn't win any playoff games, but they made the playoffs, what, two, two or four years with Dak Prescott? And basically we're, you know, in the playoff race till week 17, both the other times, with a guy making, you know, a million dollars a year. That, that's what I want if I'm a team looking for a quarterback. Draft a guy. If I, if I can't get a guy in the first round, find a guy in the middle rounds. Not middle rounds, but like high second day. 
it does feel like the next couple years are going to be a lot of quarterbacks coming out. Utilize that draft, baby. Appreciate everyone listening. Again, you got to subscribe. Three and Out Podcast. Appreciate if you could leave a review. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and, yeah, ha- have a great weekend. College football, for all my Big Ten people, you're back, baby. It's cool. Props to Justin Fields for getting that done. Props to Scott Frost, Harbaugh, Ryan Day, everyone for pushing through. I'm glad. Pro football from the beginning. Not pro football, but I'm pro football coming back. I'm glad it did. That's why I love the SEC. I'm in the Big Ten. For some reason, the Pac-12 is still like three weeks away. I don't quite understand what's going on, but uh is what it is, you know. So have a great weekend. Talk to everyone soon. Godspeed. <laughs>